Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige podcast. Today, we're talking about the movie The Sting. It's a 1973 caper film set in 1936 around Chicago. It's celebrating its 50th cinematic birthday this year. Uh, depending on whether you were a critic, you might have seen it in April of that year. The general audiences caught it uh, around Christmas time of 1973. But this film turns 50. Big five O's. Directed by George Roy Hill. He also directed uh, the two stars, Paul Newman and Robert Redford, and Butch Casting and Sundance Kid. He's got a storied directorial career, including Thoroughly Modern Millie, Slaughterhouse Five, The World According to Garp, and his last film, The Funny Farm, which is funny because that's it's a Chevy Chase vehicle. That's the first George Roy Hill movie I ever saw. And oh wow! All right. I I still have a lot. I still think it's so fucking funny. Their drunk postal carrier, his dog that just runs off. Uh, is written by David S. Ward, who uh, you might uh, recognize another script he wrote, Sleepless in Seattle. It's based on the novel The Big Con by David Marrer. It was originally published in 1940, but it's about this con and these con men. Um, it stars Paul Newman, who, again, was in Butch, Butch, Cassidy, and Son, Butch Cassidy and his son dance. The Bunch. Bunch Cassidy. <laughs> And the Sun Bunch Kid, uh, Cool Hand Luke, The Hustler, The Color of Money, Road to Perdition. Those last three are in the Bald Move archive if you want to see what we've thought of his work over the years. Uh, it also stars Robert Redford. Again, he was Butch or the Sundance Kid. He's also in The Way We Were, All the President's Men, Out of Africa, A River Runs Through It. We've got his movie Sneakers, the best Robert Redford film in the old Bald Move archives. Ooh. All right. Robert Shaw, you will know him as Quint from Jaws, the guy talking about going down the USS Indianapolis and the the shark's eyes being rolled black like a doll's eyes. Mm -hmm. Uh, It stars Robert Earl Jones, the Darth Vader's father. Yeah, he's also also in Witness and Trading Places. Ray Walston, you might recognize him from My Favorite Martian. Jim, he was poop deck pappy. In the 1980s, Popeye. Nice. Mr. Hand and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, Aline Brennan. Uh, modern audiences probably recognize her as Mrs. Peacock in the cult classic movie Clue. And Dana Elkar. He's MacGyver's boss. Of course. From the show MacGyver. You and I have been watching some MacGyver of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, this movie turns 50 years old. I want to know if you've ever seen it before and what do you think of this film at 50? Uh, I've definitely seen scenes, some scenes from this movie before, but I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing. Uh, so I was kind of excited about this because I really like, uh, Robert Redford and I really, really like Paul Newman's work. Um, and I found this to be one of the better Paul Newman films I've seen. Let's let's say I haven't seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid either. Um, so maybe that's even better. But this one was really good. I felt like the entire movie kind of being its own con worked really well. And, you know, this is something that these heist movies tend to do uh, nowadays. But I want to say it was pretty novel back then. I'm not really certain. I haven't seen a lot of movies of the era, but it felt surprisingly fresh for a movie that's 50 years old. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, heist films have come a long way. Oh, and yeah. there's a couple times where I was watching this because I have seen this before. I saw this one time. I was like 13 or 14. Oh, okay. um, and I I remembered how it, the movie ended, but I completely forgot uh, the twist and turn about like it make, making it appear that Hooker had betrayed um, Shaw at the last minute. And uh, or, or yeah, or Gondorf. I guess Henry Gondorf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 there's a lot of really fun twists and turns. I thought the plot was really tight. Uh, the script is well written, mm-hmm. but then there's a couple points where, like, in various parts of the movie, I'm like, God, am I following this? Because I feel like I barely know what's going on. But no, it's just that they are kind of the way Ocean's Eleven does, letting this heist kind of unfold in front of you. And the mm-hmm. con men are not going to explain it to each other because why would they? They're just going to be like, oh, we're going to run the wire. Ah, oh, it's an old one. I don't know. But uh, it, it's really fascinating. And they're playing um, a bit of a trick on the audience as well. And yes. that's fine. You know, you're meant to be a little bit confused because you're the mark in some ways. But the thing I remember as a kid is how funny Robert, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Paul Newman is when he's playing his uh, Shaw oh, character. Yeah. The way mm-hmm. he's just like giving it to... Uh, <laughs> Lonigan. Yeah, to Robert Shaw's Lonigan. It's confusing because Paul uh-huh. Newman's playing Henry Gondorf, who is Shaw, and Robert Shaw is playing Doyle Lonigan. Uh, the way he just gives, and the way it just is working on every last nerve, and every yes. time Lonigan tries to like call him the heel or make him call him on the carpet for be uncouth, he just kind of doubles down and like shakes it off and and the perfect it. scenarios they trap Lonigan in, right? Like the card yeah. cheating stuff is so perfect. It's just like there's so many funny things like when he first steps into his bedding parlor, this fake uh, wire place, and uh, he comes up to the cage like, hey, make sure you catch your money. This guy's this guy's known, <laughs> known for welching out his bets. And it's just like uh, the way Shaw looks at it. It's just it's just so funny. Every single time he needles Lonigan, it just plays. It just cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I and, and that's the thing I remembered as a kid is just like because I don't think I had seen many adult movies that had that kind of sophisticated like you know you you can tell you know it, it's it's like Paul Newman's not being that way he's acting that way to get a certain thing done and I it's 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 great it's great it's great uh these are very handsome charming men being very slick and charming uh it's k- kind of remarkably fa- uh you know clean like there's not a lot okay. of violence and blood. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of uh, there's I guess one scene of premarital sex. Uh, a lot of drinking. Sure. A lot of a lot of uh, racial slurs. But uh, you know, yeah, it, it is 1930s. Na- well, and it's 19 and it's depicting 1930s <laughs> America. So, mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah, I th- I think you're right when you said this thing still feels modern, especially from the script standpoint. Yeah, it has some you know older sensibilities and it's just pacing within a scene i guess um it will let characters just kind of walk around and do their we're just kind of watching them move from place to place and that can get a little bit tedious but in its plot it feels very brisk and very modern i I liked an ebert's review he says that you get the feeling that uh robert redford and paul newman are on their way to another movie like they're just kind of <laughs> okay. walking through this one and he's like it's that sounds hmm. like an insult but it's not because yeah. it does it's like it, it, it keeps things moving literally uh-huh 
Uh, and there's some just like really gorgeous cinematography. Not a lot, but like because this is a big soundstage film. But there's a couple like uh, when he's walking through some of those really lush hotels and you've got this like, you know, he's walking through these 20 foot tall hallways. They're all every every 10 or 15 feet. There's a big arch that goes through him and it's got this just blood red carpet and mm-hmm. all this. Mar- and, you know, he's wearing this like really snazzy blue suit and everything's just like just really pops. Um, I love the transitions, you know, these famously are designed after like the, um, Saturday evening post illustrations where they do set up each, like the wire, the hook, the mm-hmm. sting. Uh, I like the, what is it? Joplin. Uh, I, I did, you Joplin, know, this Joplin, um, yeah, this, uh, this, uh, kind of like rag to, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big music guy. This ragtime kind of jazzy. Uh, I mean, you know, if that, that's like the one famous thing from this is the soundtrack, the dun, 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 yeah, the entertainer dun, dun. melody. That's exactly yeah, I, what it I, is. I don't know a ton about the the music of the era, but apparently, from what I read, this was pretty anachronistic. Like in the '30s, not a lot of people would have been listening to ragtime. I guess, but like that was only 20 years ago. Right, it's like, like playing an '80s or '90s track in a movie today. But like, maybe stuff without like weird. without without radio well developed and without uh, our, the maybe that was a very cyclical. That like well, people just... I guess it's like playing a fif- what a '50s track, like playing a '30s track in a '50s movie or something. Oh, because it's supposed to be like diegetic or something. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know enough about. I was gonna say, it to be ninety years out from that period, it feels right. Yeah, yeah, totally. it feels right. Um, and I guess it kind of saved that music from obscurity because that was kind of fading from the public consciousness. And then this, this was such a hit movie. This was like, uh, I guess, a sleeper hit. It also got uh, what was it, eight or nine Oscar nominations and won like five or six. Uh, yeah, it was ten nominations, one seven, and I, I was surprised to see that. Like, yeah, so this is a, a critically acclaimed film. It, mm. Nobody really had any significant. What all the big ones? Best it. director, best best uh, screenplay, best picture, best screen. Yeah, editing. Uh, Robert Redford was put up for the lead. His it, only Oscar nomination of all time, and he lost to Jack Lemmon in some movie I've never heard of. Um, it, it it's interesting to me because like apparently the story of this movie as it was being uh it, it was pulled out of a slush pile by some guy who was like i read this thing and i just immediately knew it was going to win a bunch of awards to <laughs> some guy named cohen and they got robert redford to sign on but he wanted top billing in this thing and i feel like this is robert redford's movie and then the academy goes on to nominate robert redford and not paul newman Mm-hmm. So they clearly felt that this was Newman's movie, and even though Newman like, technically, or, sorry, that this was Redford's movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even though Newman gets top billing because he's the guy who signed on first, and he was the bigger star. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's like what forty minutes before he even shows up into the film. Uh huh. Yeah, it's uh, clearly Redford. Because I yeah, I was like puzzled. I'm like Jesus Christ, when are they even going to bring Newman into this? You know, yeah. how is it going to be connected? But then. I completely forgot about the um, uh, 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 Robert Earl Jones character. Was it Quincy? Uh, uh, Luther? Luther. Luther. He yeah. was admonishing, you know, you got to grow up, kid. You got to stop blowing your 
uh, your stake on everything, and you gotta you gotta go learn how to and do I'm the like, big hell con. Yeah. You gotta go run and do the big con. You gotta learn from Gondorf. <laughs> and this Gondorf was his the big gray. con, right? Like he yeah. made six grand or something, and he's out when yeah. when a a nice meal cost eighty five cents. Six thousand dollars goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, and the one, yeah, but he fucking loses it all on a on a rigged, not not just on a bad bet, but on a rigged bet. It's like he just seems like he's a real idiot, and he kind of. Oh, yeah, I don't think the Robert or that uh uh that that uh oh God, what is his Hooker. name? Hooker. I don't think Hooker goes through a lot of character development in this movie. Yeah, he gets his revenge. He says it's not enough, and then he doesn't want money because he'll just blow it. <laughs> he knows right. himself, right? Yeah. Like that's like kind of his way to honor his his buddy is to you know do the yeah. big con for free. But also, I guess now he can all he's got to do is do another big con and he's set for life. How do these guys ever? I guess they just all piss their money away. That's the thing. Which I was so happy for Luther because I'm like he's making the right call. He's getting out on top, right? Yeah. The, yep. This lifestyle has no. This lifestyle has an expiration date. And your goal as a grifter is to get enough money to get out before you get caught. And Luther had done that just a couple of seconds too late. Yep. Two weeks One before retirement is the con man <laughs> equivalent of the cop reti- to being two weeks from retirement. Uh-huh. One last score is the equivalent of two weeks before retirement. Yeah. Um, we mentioned this in the pre-chat that there's not a lot of lore about the making of this film. I'm not sure if it was because it was a long time ago, if it's because that the director had already worked with all of the stars on at least one big production and everything was, but it's by all accounts, mm-hmm. this is a pretty smooth production. There wasn't anything about big budget or time overruns or, you know, like a lot of times Robert Shaw, by the time of Jaws had gotten the reputation of being kind of difficult to work with and, being kind of a drunken wreck of a human being. There was one entertaining story where he took um, David Ward, the the, the writer. Uh, he invited him after the filming was complete to uh, a, a, like a two-day bender in Ireland where they mm-hmm. crawled pub to pub. And I guess the vacation was over when like at four o'clock in the morning, Ward awoke uh, to some crashing downstairs and he went down and Robert Shaw was stripped naked and beating up a man and demanding he play them and play him one more round of ping pong. <laughs> Jesus. So things could get a little out of, but that was after the filming had taken place. Uh, none of that happened on the wow. set. I guess the, the biggest thing to happen is that the Robert Shaw fucked up his leg playing handball. He really likes paddle sports. Apparently. Uh, and he incorporated that into his uh, performance of Lonigan. He always walks with this distinct limp. Mm hmm. Uh, that gives him a very distinctive gait. Uh, but yeah, uh, what what else do we want to say in the kind of like the pre pre discussion, the general non spoiler? Because I, I don't want to spoil the shit out of this movie. It's it's fifty years old. I feel like a lot of people probably haven't seen it at this point, and it's one of those yeah, it's one of those older films that just really goes down easy. Yeah, I mean, I do want to talk. I want to shower mostly Paul Newman with praise for his, his acting, but we can do that over the course of the review. Uh, I did see that he took this primary, he was mostly interested in this role because it allowed him to be comedic. And the one thing that Hollywood hadn't let him, they didn't think that he had the timing, the chops to do (sighs) the the light touch. 
and he is hilarious. Um, so the premise of this movie is Robert Redford plays a small town, a small time con man, you know, like a pickpocket type deal. And he runs this scheme with two of his buddies, uh, his mentor and a friend, um, where they, 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 they claim that one of them is a bookie and they just got robbed by somebody and they just got, they has got to get this. And then he's stabbed in the leg. They got these thousands of dollars over across town and they, they end up, uh, picking his pocket and they successfully picked the pocket of a actual numbers runner that's got 12 grand on him. Mm-hmm. And this guy works for this ruthless figure by the name of Doyle Lonigan, who is a street tough who has decided in his middle age that he's going to go legitimate and pretend to be a country club type of guy. And uh, Lonigan brutally puts down everyone connected with this crime. He tries to kill all the small-time crooks, uh, and he's able to do so. He's able to kill everyone but uh, Robert Redford, Hooker, who's able to flee, and takes uh, his mentor's last advice before he died, which is to seek out Henry Gondorf, the greatest of the big con men, and, and learn how to do the big con. And Robert Redford devises a scheme that he wants to break Lonigan the only way he knows how to con him. And... Uh, Henry Gondorf, uh, Paul Newman's character, is going to teach him how to do that big con, and turns out get revenge on Lonigan for his own his own reasons too. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to successfully be able to con him? Will they be caught in like an Ocean's Eleven uh, type of deal, uh, or are they going to get away scot free? You'll have to watch the movie to find out. And again, it's it's a, it's it's a pretty tight heist film. Oh yeah. Maybe not quite as tight as Ocean's Eleven and slick as Ocean's Eleven, but no, not but too far off. that redefined the genre. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. Here's what's new in premium content for our club members. No lunch this week, as I'll be traveling on vacation, but get ready for next week when we have the rare, elusive, dare I say premium lunch with Talitha and Aaron. And while you're waiting for the return of the king, don't forget May is the time to switch your Patreon tiers to make sure you maintain your full benefits by June. Stop by support.ballmove.com to check your Patreon levels to see the new benefits and decide which one is right for you. And finally, tickets are now on sale for Badass Fest 6. Come meet us live and in person, watch a mystery badass film with us, and then hear us record the podcast right there in front of you in a theater packed with Bald Move fans. Get your details and your tickets at baldmove.com slash live. If you want more Bald Move in your life, head over to support.baldmove.com right now to find out how you can get tons of bonus audio and video content plus ad-free feeds. And now, back with more Bald Move. Uh, where do we want to begin with our discussion? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Can we talk about Robert Redford? I appreciate the attempt they made in the first 10 minutes of this movie to make him look like a bum. Yeah. They, they put him in some shabby clothes. his hair a little. His, his nails dirty. were even unkempt, I noticed. They, they, they a lot of attention to detail. I'm like, oh, these mm-hmm. raggedy kind of coke nails. Or No, he's actually going to get a manicure to transform into the Urbane Big Con Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hilarious part being, I actually think his hair looks better before he gets the makeup yes, <laughs> and yes. gets it all you know, greased down. And, yeah. 
Yeah. No, but. it's like this. I mean, he's like 35 in this film. He's like in the prime of his life. His hair's never looked blonder. His skin's never been ruddier. His eyes have never been more piercing blue. He is. Mm-hmm. There's a great quote from the uh, costumer that won an Oscar for the role in doing all this period piece clothing. She's like, I got to be in a movie where it's my job to dress the two most handsome men in the world. And then they gave me an Oscar for it. Like (laughs) what a job. Uh, Uh, And they, they, he, yeah, it's like, but this, yeah, he's, he's got a little dirt smudged on his face, but he's still Robert fucking Redford. It's like Anne Hathaway in the princess diaries. Oh, look at his hideous beast. She's got glasses (laughs) on and her hair's kind of down. Oh, oh, get her out. of It's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just doesn't work, man. He's Robert Redford. Yeah, totally. I, I'm, I'm going to say I've never been like, as thoroughly impressed by Robert Redford as I am by a lot of other great actors. Um, I thought he was good in this movie, but he isn't, you know, surprisingly being like what I consider the lead of this movie, not given as much, I guess, juicy stuff to do as Paul Newman. Cause Paul Newman is asked to play several different characters over the course of this movie as is, Robert Redford, but I feel like they're more distinct characters for Paul Newman. Yeah, he's trying to show more range. Yeah, Yeah. whereas Robert Redford is just kind of playing this guy the whole time. Yeah. I gotta say that, like, I I kind of agree. I, beyond him being handsome and being like a sturdy leading man, I've, but like, how much of his best work have I seen? I, I was talking about like, man, I really want to see all the president's men. I haven't ever seen that. Um, I've never uh, I have seen out of Africa, but like I saw it when I was younger and it was a big epic romance. Like, who gives a fuck? Right. I probably love it now. Sure. Sure. Uh, the way we were. But like I, he's been in 111 films and I've only seen what, seven of them, probably. Wow. So uh, I it, it's 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 tough to say. I'd have to see some of his better work because I used to say that about um, like uh, Jack Nicholson. Like at least sure, it's the same sure. dude in every film, but then I went to go see his good stuff, and yeah, he he strikes me as more just like the generically handsome and and talented, but not like the the focus isn't on his talent so much. It's more just like he's playing kind of a just slightly more charismatic and better than average guy. And I will say that I don't know that I've ever seen Robert Redford not just be Robert Redford. Sure, you know, I mean, I do like him and in stuff it's just i don't i don't go to movies to see him yeah but there was a time when i'm sure a lot of people did (laughs) well now that we shit on redford you said you want to heap praise on newman yeah i think newman is a great actor he has extraordinary as opposed to this bum robert redford yeah this i mean look at him look at him his teeth are are all uh you know brown and he's got dirt on his face and his unkempt hair yeah what a (laughs) bum no robert redford uh, is no is no Paul Newman in my mind because Paul Newman has a lot of range and you can see it kind of evolve as I think he goes from just like the good looking uh, so, super charming charismatic guy into more roles like this where he can he can stretch his legs be comedic later you know he'll do stuff like Slapshot which is just like it's a level of drama that I hadn't seen him do before um, where he plays like a washed up guy who is very, um, I guess, down 
about it on himself. He's he's distraught. Uh, he did a couple times, but that was essentially this role he played in the verdict as well. Like you know, down and out. Yeah, water. later Paul Newman. You think of like yeah. those those more kind of quiet um, desperation sort of roles that he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That really impressed me. And uh, of course, you know, he's got the things like Cool Hand Luke, which obviously he became famous for those types of roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, man. I think he's got such amazing range, and this is one of the showcases for it. And there's a certain magnetism, like he's a guy, because mm-hmm. I kept on like, like yeah, I was watching him, like, you know, and he's an early role where he's just kind of a, a grease monkey for uh, a whorehouse that's run out of a, <laughs> out of a, the that's merry-go-round shed. Dropping kids on their heads? Yeah, it was, it was I, dire over there. But I was like, like he's, he's in like this overalls and like mm-hmm. uh, an A-frame t-shirt and I'm looking at him and he's like, he's not big. Sure he's kind of handsome but not in like a striking way but there's a certain intensity and natural charisma mm-hmm. to him where when like he's also like a really scary bad guy like we talk he about the road be. to perdition yes. yes um like 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 i don't know that i've ever seen robert redford be scary like probably in one of these 111 rules he, he does play a terrifying <laughs> villain but like paul newman Maybe. has got that where it and it's just the intensity where paul or like robert redford looks like he is enters a room and he's prepared to like everybody and be liked. Newman, you know, is, give, has more like don't give a fuck energy. Yeah, and it's all in, well, it's in two things: the eyes and that smile. That smile can be yeah. your best friend or your worst enemy, and and those eyes, man. I mean, those icy blue, just yeah, they're they striking. Pop. They pop yeah. in this movie, both of these guys, uh, but Newman especially. Yeah, and so I find him great. Over 30 distinct and unique flavors of salad dressing. What? Oh, <laughs> Newman's own. Okay. I'm like, wait a second. Was there salad dressing? No. The uh, range. His salsa, I quite the like. Range. Yeah. The range. Of it, the range. Yes. Who, who else makes a peach salsa? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Newman's own. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a lot of great stuff. Like the scene that I really sat up and paid attention to is where we got Robert Redford. The hooker shows up and he asks Gondorf, like, you know, like you're supposed to be. That's also a great reveal that like he's had this this great Gondorf built up into his head uh, uh-huh. and he finds him. And he's just this sloppy drunk that's passed out and he has to sober him up. And but there's a scene where it's like you, you like Robert Redford has to convince this great con man to help him do one last con or his first con one last one from him mm-hmm. to take down this Lonigan and and Newman is secretly into it. But he's trying to like cool the kid down because he can see that, you know, he's like just too hot for it. He's too too much of a hothead to even be a part of the con. So he's slowly trying to like frustrate him and ratchet. And then there's this where Robert Redford gives this like really passionate speech that ends up with um, he says something like, you know, why are you wanting to con this guy? And he's like, because I don't know enough about killing to kill him. Mm-hmm. And the whole time he's doing this monologue about how much he hates this guy, there's this like uh this this train building in the background until it gets louder and louder and louder. It gets to a climax. It's like Ruin uh, Redford says that I, I don't know enough about killing him. And then like there's a shift in Newman where it's like he reveals that like, yeah, actually I'm way ahead of you. I've already been thinking about how do we can take him down. And it's just so good. That's like he transforms from it's like when Yoda turns from the bumbling Muppet <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. Jedi master, right? 
It's mm-hmm. e- that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, the train <laughs> is his Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't uh, so different when I was young. Yeah, and I do love the introduction of Paul Newman. You talk about the transformation. The when we meet him. Paul Newman also as an actor is not afraid to look ridiculous and his first shot when he is laying on the floor next to the bed obviously hung over and still drunk from the night before with his Mm. face mashed up against the wall snoring Mm. Mm -hmm. he looks like a complete idiot and I I just get the feeling that like Paul Newman was you know what Let, let me do this maybe they had him like sitting on the bed like sleeping on the bed in a weird position where he, he's probably like let me do this i'm gonna lay on the floor with my face smashed against the wall i don't know he he yeah i i really really if you can't tell appreciate everything that paul newman does and then you see like when they're like set they're trying to set the hook on lonigan so they're on this train from chicago to new york oh my god that acting and you know redford like arranges he 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 bribes the uh the conductor who's in on the thing and, 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 and makes him think he's, you know, he's got flash clothes. He's, mm-hmm. he opens his wallet, makes sure he sees that he's got big old bankroll and he gets Lonigan hot to have him at his table. And then Redford's like nervous wreck. He's like, aren't you going to go? He's like, ah, let's just let him, let's just let him wait. Yeah. Let him, let him wait. And he's like, you know, shaving and do, you know, getting all dolled up and you, you cut over to, to Lonigan and he's fuming. Like, do you, what I thought you checked out this guy's like I did. And just as they're about like, okay, we're not going to wait. And he's like all the all the and they keep on cutting back and he's giving like little tips like he's he's like swishing gin around his mouth pouring half of it out filled up for water he's like you should always drink gin because the mark can't tell you're cutting it using it as like aftershave or cologne or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and because he wants to show up so like and then right as they're all sitting down like fuck this guy let's go ahead and start he kicks in the door boom yep. he's not wearing he's all sloppy not wearing a tie he's staggering acting like he's it's just. Oh, God, that scene is so fucking funny. And the way he continues to disrespect him throughout that entire game and, and just get him fuming. So he calls him win, the wrong name all the time. <laughs> a different wrong name every time. A yeah, different I love wrong it. name, just so he knows that. Uh... And then as soon as... <laughs> and then, oh, that's the other thing. He has he has uh, his lady friend steal Lonigan's wallet. It's got 12 grand in it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, so Lonigan goes to pay him because he's like, so Lonigan <laughs> tries to cheat him and he out cheats him because he's really good at cards. In fact, there's a shot. I did not see this cut. I figured that had to be because I'm like, how does Robert Newman so, or not Robert Newman, how does, uh, no, no, how's Paul, Paul. Newman? How's Paul mm-hmm. Newman so good at like card shuffling? But I'm like, well, he actually was a pretty good card, you know, like a pool shark mm-hmm. in, uh, what was that? The, the Hustler. The hustler. So it's like, well, maybe he he's like just one of those method guys where he took six months and just like got good at shuffling cards. But they hide a cut in the transition from his hands to his face. It looks seamless. Hmm. But they had like a professional card sharp do the technical advisor, do all the 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 crazy card manipulation, and then they yeah. pan to him. But he's able to, even though Lonigan gives him a hot deck that's going to give him a three four of a kind. Which you have to play, right? You, you can't have fold to. a four of a kind. They that says it, I know you're cheating. It's insane, and and he has got like a four of a kind nines to three, and he uses and, and they there's like great shot where it's like uh, what kind of decks is Lana going to use? Like sometimes he uses red poker, sometimes he uses the blue bicycles. He takes them both, and he's able without anyone knowing to reshuffle to where he's got four jacks, mm-hmm. and you can tell Lana is like. <laughs> 
and he even he even says it out loud where Later, where he's like, yeah. "What am I supposed to do? To accuse the guy of cheating better than me?" Uh huh. I, I know you can't have guys. those cards because I dealt you three. Yeah. In front and, of my regular game, and then I'll never be able to play a game again with anybody. Yeah. And like Lonigan's losing his mind, and he pulls out, goes to pull out his wallet, and he doesn't have it. <laughs> And then it's Newman starts grandstand. Top. It's like, hey, I thought we were gentlemen here. I thought we thought we were gonna. He's like, uh-huh. uh, I'm gonna send my boy around, and you better have my money. Or I'm, I'm. It's just, oh god, he just gives it to him so much. Yeah, the the plot of this, and and the the way that they're able to build logically to points to breaking points for characters, specifically Lonigan in most cases, but like the way they do that, and the way they handle the cop. Uh, who's the the Bunko cop who's like following them city to city here I think is brilliant it's it's like like I said I don't know what the movies of the time were like for these kind of things but this is a very modern feeling con type of movie where I'm I'm in on it but I'm also part of the the mark here right like by the end of this movie I feel like look I, I've seen a lot of these movies mm-hmm. and I knew something like this was coming. The big twist was going to be that like the cops weren't actually the cops. It seemed pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. I imagine at the time it was not nearly as obvious, Yeah, but I did not see them do. I did not see the fullness of the twist at the end. And so like the way they're building to these characters getting pissed off and wanting to bet bigger and wanting to take each other for the house, you know, um, it, it works really well, and Paul Newman's performance is a big part of that, but Robert Redford does, you know, what he needs to do in these scenes, mm-hmm. and I think it mostly works. I, yeah, I and I think... real complaints. I think that it really works well because you already had the instance of Robert Redford not telling the crew about something that could endanger them all. Sure. And then you also knew that Robert... that the Paul Newman is being hunted by the Federals... Mm-hmm. by the feds and the way they kind of so i i guess that this is kind of like an oceans 11 where danny uh where, where brad pitt and and george clooney like yeah, are testing matt damon it. somehow because i don't think paul newman does paul newman bring robert redford well, in? he has to at some level yeah with, totally with, or or it's it, so it's a lot like when danny ocean and whatever the fuck brad pitt's name is in that Mm-hmm. get into a rusty. fight right like rusty. Dan- danny rusty, rusty. yeah where, where danny and rusty kind of have a falling out during the heist right because right, danny out. does something stupid over tess yeah. Yeah. and they're like you're out but that's part of it of too. the con yeah, yeah. It, that's the way in which it feels very modern is i'm I, getting I, conned too i might watch this again this weekend because i would love to know exactly if, if there's something you could tell then like when was robert redford like, like, when did they get the idea to bring the feds in? Was that from the very beginning? Like, fake the feds as a way to... Or did, did Newman come up with that as an improvisation when that cop was hot on right, Hooker's right. trail? Because when, when, I feel like it's very genuine when Hooker is pleading with him, look, I can keep this guy off my tail for two days. I, right. I can do that. It's but, no oh time, my right? God. But you almost won't believe it because, like, he is yeah. so narrowly escaped getting his head blown off. Several times, right? And oh, oh, I know. I bet it's it's the moment where I don't think Newman knew anything until 
or I don't think Robert Redford's character. I don't think Hooker knew anything until Gondorf Gandalf Gandorf sent his thug to protect him. That's when mm-hmm. Hooker was brought into the thing, and I was like, "That's actually that's right. a wild scene because you keep on seeing, you keep on hearing this uh, this Italian name. I can't remember Salino. Salino. Oh, they're gonna sense it's the silent methodical killer. It might take a while, but it's a, it's like a, it's like firing." A locked on missile like mm-hmm. once it's mm-hmm. launched and they keep on showing this guy in a trench coat with the black gloves and he's flexing his hands and all you see is his hands and and like there's a, a like a Robert Redford sleeping with a girl because he doesn't want to sleep at his apartment because he doesn't want to get tracked down by any of these people after him. And you didn't realize is that the woman he was sleeping with is uh, Salino. She's uh-huh. like a femme fatale killer. Uh and when they reveal that, I'm like, what was it like for this hitman to be like, Jesus, uh, he's called Robert. He's like, Jesus Christ, boss. You won't believe he, he, he's, he's fucking Salino. We're <laughs> supposed to protect him for Salino. <laughs> oh, I, I just know. I'm trying, but too many people saw him work in and she's just that. that it's, it's, it's we got it. We got to wait until the morning. She's not yeah. going to she's going to make the move until more like that's Mrs. that's an insane fish or whatever across the hall saw her. Yeah, he's just sitting there watching him fuck this assassin that's sent to kill him. <laughs> he's got to be sweating, right? Yeah, like, the my whole job's thing, on the like, line. Good God. Right? That's a hell of a call to make. Uh-huh. That, ah, <laughs> I know this assassin. She ain't going to knife him until the next day. Um, the, the other thing I love that they really do throughout this movie to keep the audience kind of being the mark here is the way that they play with the nervousness that Hooker feels over the heist in general and the nervousness he might feel in any of the given fake scenarios, like being pressured by the FBI to turn on uh, Gondorf, right? Because you can read it several different ways. Or it might be pressure of like, uh, am I going to get killed by this Lonigan guy? Is he going to find me out? Uh, there, There's a lot of different reasons he could be feeling the pressure here. Mm. Um, but what he's really feeling the pressure is over like this whole thing is part of the scam yeah and i'm not i'm not sure if lonigan is not going to figure this out yeah and there's that great line that newman's got where he's like ah they'll probably miss you and hit me like this fatalistic thing because it's already happened with luther like hooker's already got one of his accomplices killed by his brat and that was the other thing is like hooker did it just because he's flashing out like what Mm -hmm. is it with these fucking gangsters and wanting to flash out like from i don't know man American gangster to Goodfellas, like just don't buy the fur coats, don't buy the Cadillacs, <laughs> right. don't put like all. You, but what's just, the point? So so Newman has right, a great right. line in this movie where he yeah. says, "What's the point of being a grifter if you're going to live like a civvy?" A right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've chosen a lifestyle, not a profession. Yeah, and playing it smart is like what a civilian would do. So flash out, and you win and lose, uh-huh. and you don't care, you'll just win it again. Yeah, yeah. I, the, it, it makes a certain amount of sense. I think the other thing is like Robert Shaw plays such a great, he's such a great tough guy and a smart tough guy. Like I don't I, I, there's a, sometimes in movies, I can't believe this is Quint from Jaws. Sure. Such a yeah. radically different guy, but he's definitely like the inspiration for like the Terry Benedict type that he's in control. Um, his word is law on the streets. And I love the way he kept on pushing. Cause like he's smart. He sees mm-hmm. that this is an angle. So he's like, oh, yeah, my boss wants to meet you next week. Fuck it. He meets me tomorrow. I want to see his office. The Western Union stuff. Yeah. I'm, he's like always pushing like advanced like because like, you know, like 
uh, you, you want uh, like, hey, we can only push the bets. I fuck that. I want to. I want to push a bet tomorrow, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a fifteen thousand, a four to one. He's like pushing these guys to see if this is real. Like, there's no way, like Conman can get sixty thousand dollars of bankroll, and there's no way that they can get a Western Union office in less than twenty four hours. Like, he is so smart trying to test them out and like seeing because obviously he mm-hmm. wants to do what Robert Redford is saying he wants to do which is squeeze Shaw out and take yeah. over his whole operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just taking advantage of his greed, but he's not like, he is not a stupid Mark. He is very cautious. He's checking the doors and quarters before he, he rushes and- into the room. And it's just that Newman and Redford are that good that they're able to roll yeah. and, and their whole squad. Of course. Yeah. All of their, I forget what they call them. Can we talk about these guys' names? Like like when they're going okay. over the list, he's like, I got Horseface Lee, Slim Miller, Suitcase Murphy, the sure, big Alabama. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> these are all dudes' names, man. Yeah, I mean, the underworld is notorious for that, right? Sure. Like you look at um, the pool hustlers, Minnesota Fats, you know? Everybody's and they lampoon it in like Dick Tracy where you got like little uh-huh. rubber face and uh, yeah. Totally. You know, the other thing that I really love about that Western Union scene, there there are various things, but one thing that struck me is the way that they are willing to to burn their cons the moment they don't need them anymore when it yeah. comes to civilians, right? Yeah. Like, th- they, will, they will go in, hijack somebody's office just long enough to make their mark believe the lie that they're spinning, and then they will let that blow up. Just behind yeah. The guy comes in, they've wrecked his office, they've painted half of a wall, they've left everything covered in tarps and probably right. some damage, and they're just out the back door with their mark. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Yep. Doesn't matter. That that's that's an interesting thing to me. So they they're like really sloppy in that way, but it's all in I guess support of the like very precise con that they're doing on their actual mark. Yeah, these are just like these. These are, uh, you know, it's like a piece of toilet paper. You use it and then you, mm-hmm. you burn it because it's not important for the larger con. Um, do you think that um, the the one thing that I don't understand is how did they get bankrolled in the first place? Like I know that they I assume they stole it- like they stole like what about thirty grand from Lonigan all total in that that train ride. But even well, before no. then, they're buying offices well, and they're hmm. setting things up and getting things ready. They're giving everyone a hundred dollar suit, and you know they're they're maintaining a staff of thirty dudes. And again, eventually they're going to make like what five hundred thousand dollars, a half a million dollars in nineteen thirty. Yeah, huge but like, amount of money. That's that's enough to pay off a big crew. But like, how did they get the stake? Do like all the con men kind of come together and like? That's what I assume. Put their ten, fifteen bucks in, and then that's their seed money. Because I, I wish they'd explain yeah. that. Because they did a. It's a big elaborate con. They're mm-hmm. setting up an entire fictitious uh, betting parlor. They had plans to set up an entire fictitious Western Union house. They had to stake mm-hmm. uh, several thousand dollars to get Robert Newman into that pot, that that poker pot. Yeah, it's like where did that come from? And yeah, they need cash sitting there to pay out, you know, the wins yeah. that he's going to get. And and I really love the shutout portion of it too. Um, mm. When they realize they don't have the stake. They don't have the money to actually pay this out if he wins, but they need him to believe that he would have won. Right. And so they just the slow they insert roll the, the Englishman, right? 
Uh huh. Uh huh. In, in that and, line, oh. right in front of him, and keep him from. And yeah, it's just it's really masterfully done. It, but but it serves its purpose beautifully because Shaw still thinks, or Shaw, Jesus, uh, Lonigan still thinks that he would have won if he had been able to place that bet. Robert Redford is fast as fuck. He's one of the great Hollywood runners, and I never even knew it until I saw this film. When, when does he run? I don't... Every time that 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 copper, uh, every time that dick opens up on him with his hand cannon. Oh, yeah. I was thinking you said Paul Newman is a fast runner. No, Robert, no, Redford, Robert yeah. Redford is like Tom Cruise in the way he is able to run. And now some of this stuff is stuntmen. Mm-hmm. Like that, that one stuntman that, that jumped from the <laughs> jumped top of the, the L train into yep. the maneuver thing. Yeah. I think he fucked up a joint or two. That was, that was landing. an ugly landing. Looked like he hyperextended <laughs> his knee and it's in the film. But yeah, Robert Redford, there's, just, there's two things. I, Robert Redford is fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. Robert Shaw, one of the, the great stage eaters. Oh my God, he attacks that breakfast. He is plowing <laughs> through that Jaws. thing. Take after take. Just uh-huh. Not since Sean Connery demolished a plate of fucking uh, tender pork loins. Mm-hmm. In in Red October, have I seen an actor stage eat like that? Just yeah, with the gusto. There's not a moment of that scene where he does not have a mouth bulging to the point of of uh, excess. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. A, yeah, he is he is wolfing that shit down. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. I, I like the Robert Redford running scenes where he's just unlucky. I, I love how unlucky he gets sometimes, right? Because yeah. like he's running from this assassin. And he comes up with this great plan where he's going to trick him by making him think he went out the window in the bathroom, but he didn't. He's going to run back out the front door. And it works to perfection. And then he just chooses the wrong direction to run Mm. after he gets out the front door and runs smack into the assassin again. Yeah. Yeah. So so let me let me ask you this. Which which assassin is this? Is this one of the original assassins that's coming? The two guys. To kill him? Okay. Yeah. The ones that were that killed his... um... Uh, the ones partner. that Selino kills later. Yeah. It's Riley and Cole. Those are the two dudes that killed okay. that killed Luther. I thought I understood that, but I wasn't certain. Because there are a lot of assassins in this movie. <laughs> there are a lot of assassins, yeah. Um I I've got a couple of pieces of trivia about this film. I don't have much more to say. Uh other than well, again, I, I, I highly recommend people watch it or rewatch it because it's I I had a great time. It's a little slow in the beginning, but little, once maybe. once Redford and Newman get together, it's pretty much a party on wheels for the rest of the film. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now back with more bald move. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking. Um... You know the big spoilers here. I, I want to talk about the ending because I think it's I'm kind sure. of brilliant, right? It's it's the one way that they can get everybody off their back. So what happens is they basically get uh, Lonigan to bet five hundred thousand dollars on a horse race that they control mm-hmm. um, the outcome of, and he puts down his money, and then the FBI busts in and arrests Lonigan, but they let him stay long enough to see that Redford, that, uh, you know, Shaw and Kelly in Lonigan's terms end up killing each other. 
Yeah, because the, the FBI sloppily lets it known that Hooker's been working for them the entire time, and he's they've helped them take down Shaw slash uh, Gondorf. Yes, and I, I I saw most of this coming. What I didn't see is the killings, the the fake killings here, because I'm like, sure. okay, they, they they can maybe get you know the FBI to fake arrest them, and that yeah. would make Lonigan think, well, they weren't in on it. They it just turned out a bad luck for everybody, right? Yeah. But it's better to kill them because now he won't even be looking. He won't even be thinking to look for them. And the cop who was on to Lonigan mm-hmm. is the one who arrests. Uh, or, or sorry, the, the cop who was on to uh, Hooker. Hooker is and the one who a, arrests he's a, Lonigan. He's a corrupt cop. He's on the payroll. I, I'm pretty sure of Lonigan. Right, and so he's able to get Lonigan out of there. Both of them thinking that Redford and Newman are dead. Are dead, and also like you're trying to be this high society guy. You cannot be stuck in this scene with the body. You got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. And Lonigan's like, "But I got five hundred thousand dollars in there," and he's like, "Tough shit." Like. Right. It all makes perfect sense. And then, you know, when Dana Elkar reveals he's not actually FBI, he's been on it the whole time. I'm like, yes, yes. Right. That's what I expected. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's elegant. It's extremely elegant. This whole yeah. script. Because y'all. Yeah, I did wonder because I, I remembered how the thing ended at, with like a fuzzy t- details. But like, yeah, how are they going to get him to put out a big amount of money? Immediately Welch on the bet. Uh, have everyone think that everyone's dead. And it, uh, yeah, it just works out. And, and the the idea of like making him think that they're dead. There, there's something that Paul Newman says at the beginning, like, "Hey, if we're gonna do this, we have to do it so well that the con doesn't even realize the mark doesn't even realize they've been conned." Right. That's how you get out clean. Yeah. Um, the the mark the, the mark thinks that he just stepped into this crazy bad business deal that also the co- the feds were there that went wrong on everybody. Right. Yeah. And there was no con. It was straight yeah. up, but but they all just got screwed. Uh, something happened. And, and it's, yeah, that's how it kind of resolves the situation. And I think it's really smart. I do too. Do you have anything else we want to talk about or we want to talk about some trivia? Let's do some trivia. So this movie was filmed largely on the Universal Studios back lot. And the diner in which Hooker meets Lonigan is the same diner in which Marty McFly meets his father I knew in Back to the that. Future. Yep. It's very yep, recognizable. Now that you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and then I guess like we, we've actually most of the other trivia things I kind of incorporated because uh, or I'm not sure if we actually said this in the podcast, but Paul Newman had been uh, told to avoid comedy because he didn't have the light touch necessary. And one of the reasons he wanted to play Henry Gondorf is to prove that he could do comedy. And again, that's the that's the, the, the thing that sticks out in my mind is just how funny this film is. Every time mm-hmm. that Gondorf needles Lonigan, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. And, and Robert Shaw's reaction to it is just yeah, so good. Oh, can I ask you one other plot question? Uh, Sure. So, Hooker sleeps with Selino. He doesn't know she's Selino. But he wakes up the next morning. Selino's gone. He checks the closet and the dresser, and there are no clothes anywhere. Have there never been any clothes? And he's realizing that she never lived here? Or does he think she just bounced in the middle of the night, took all her stuff, and got on that bus that she was talking about? 
I'm not sure. I need to watch that again because, like, it was a complete revelation that, that when they revealed that she is the assassin. And I'm right. like... But they had this I, scene before. Should I have known? Yeah, I was trying to think of, like, because, like, from... Because the whole time I'm like, I don't understand why Robert Redford is hitting on this woman. Sure, sure. Um, And then I kind of had the idea that, like, oh, the old, he's kind of using her. He's this very uh, attractive man hitting on, like, you know, <laughs> hitting on a Chicago 5. And he's using he's using her for her bed because he doesn't uh-huh. have a place to stay. There's a literal manhunt trying people out there trying to kill him. He just wants to be off the streets for a night. That makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. But then he wakes up and I'm like, he it, he didn't play as like alarm that everything's gone. It's more right. of like maybe. But there also is like, yeah, her wanting to take that bus. So maybe he's thinking that she chose, you know, that he inspired her to like bust out and live her best life or something. Um and that's, then that was, that's what I was assuming when I saw that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I completely agree. Um, and I also really like that's a great part in the script where you've got her coming towards him and then this gunman behind him and she gets her brains blown out. And this guy runs up and Robert Redford's like just sit there like a deer in the headlights has no idea what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a shocker, man. I completely forgot that that had happened. Uh, oh, yeah. I- it kind of blew me away. Is it implied then that Salino killed the waitress at the diner? Oh, had to have been. Had to have. His, yeah, that his makes regular sense. waitress. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, I was actually, because like when you mentioned that she killed, I'm like, oh, I was, I was actually, you're right. They never show Salino. And he's just like, oh, oh, hey, Salino, how's it? And then poof, she bla- blasts them uh, with her silenced pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they did they they did a pretty good goof on that because like the the guy the tough that he had sent to protect a Hooker also had a silence pistol and I don't right. know, I don't I don't think you can silence a revolver by the way because <laughs> of the cylinders yeah yeah to get like this like, makes sense I I don't know that you can do that but I don't know maybe you can do it halfway but uh. Yeah, I mean, look, in The Godfather, you just wrap a napkin around the front. I mean, they had semi-automatic, like, magazine-based pistols back then. I mean, shit, the 1911. Wasn't that named after the year it was invented? Oh, I don't know. But, but yeah, I... I, uh... I thought that was great and also took advantage of my natural sexism. Couldn't possibly conceive that the assassin was a a woman. And in 73? Come on. Yeah, yeah. And and, in 19... Come on. Maybe in 2023, you can have an assassin woman and Nineteen thirty-six. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. But yeah, no, that was a really alias. It's a really effective twist. But yeah, she's a woman with a gun and a willingness to kill. It's terrifying. <laughs> oh man, that might be all I have to say about the sting. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a real good time. Uh, and I. I wish I could go back and relax for the first bit because like there's like I. I kept on thinking like, geez, do I need to rewind because like they're talking like I should know like what the wire is and what this stuff and I'm like, I, yeah. If you feel like that too, um, just just relax, watch the sting. Uh, hopefully you won't be shut out. We will be uh back with another prestige film before you know it. Um, otherwise, uh, please enjoy a regularly scheduled the Yellow Jackets uh, performances podcasts. And uh, if you'd like to find out what we're doing next or what's coming up, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash bald move. Of course, if you'd ever want to support us, support.baldmove.com is how you do that to get some ad free feeds and other premium content for yourself and help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, that'll be it. We'll see you on the next prestige podcast. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. 
And I'm Jim. See ya.